0: So, yes, last session. Well, following the untimely death of a lot of the townsfolk in Bingham, Ethan had taken it upon himself to perform this monumental act of faith healing. Well, faith healing, resurrection, necromancy, whatever you want to call it. Faith necromancy. How about that? Uh, (laughs) Faith necromancy, yes wherein he called upon the power of Yig and brought all the townsfolk who had been bitten to death by rattlesnakes back but as they came back they started shedding off their human skin it sloughed off their bodies revealing these things underneath that aren't quite the glorious perfectly formed snake people that Ethan is but are something sort of paler with with withered limbs milky eyes um, but still with a roughly humanoid form. The site of this resurrection did have effects on some of the characters. And, yeah, um, so a few are perhaps uh, acting, uh, yeah, acting a bit less rationally than they once were. Yeah, well, a a few things have come out of this. For a start, Greg is in his element because he's running around eating all the dead skin that's sloughed off the people, so, yeah, this is like an all-you-can-eat buffet for him. But also, the Reverend Cornfield is... obviously amazed at what Ethan has done and has seen this as being some kind of vindication of his own faith in Yig. And has decided or mentioned that he now wants to perform a pilgrimage out to this holy site in the desert Uh, he was already going to take a, a few people out there anyway but this this is going to become something more this is going to become a way of bringing the newly risen back into the fold of yig and getting his blessing upon them and of course with all the uh, the help that you've just offered for all this uh, he is inviting the group of you to go out with him and as we'd left it it was just coming round to sunrise in bingham oklahoma and Yes, you you are there with the newly reborn townsfolk. The the other townsfolk, the ones who had not followed the Reverend Cornfield's faith, had, last you saw, fled out into the wilderness and left all this madness behind. But of course, they're probably going to come back at some stage. But for the time being, the people in Bingham are the five of you, the Reverend Cornfield... And these newly risen So What are you doing?
1: Well My only issue is that I lost Very close to half my hit points Mm. In the process of Re uh, uh, Reanimating let's say The townspeople um, I'm I'm thoroughly drained And I think I'm going to just be Laying down somewhere wherever I can get A moment to try and recover And recoup
2: so, I mean, Charles is equally battered. He's like <laughs> he literally yeah. had the shit beaten out of him. I think even before then, he was on about a quarter hit points, so he was already very badly hurt from Borneo. And he limps over and sits down in the dust next to Ethan, pulls out a battered packet of cigars, and hands one over. I grab it. say you, in there, Ethan. It's still
1: me, Charles. Still me.
2: I just don't know what to think anymore. What have you even done here? How did you do it?
1: I'm really starting to think that this Yig business is surreal. I mean, (laughs) look at all this evidence. Look at my skin. Look at your hand. Actually, have I seen his hand? No. I haven't, no. I'm like, look look at this transformation. All I did was pray, and have you ever heard of a, a prayer actually being answered?
2: feels like that kind of fucked up shit that happened to my uh, meeting room twelve I mean honestly then is this an act of God or is this some crazy magic that you've drugged up from somewhere
1: i can't I can't quite put my finger on it, but it I can tell you that Yig has answered my prayer, and if there is he's more real a God than any other God that has ever been taught to me
2: so Charles just like lies flat in the sand <laughs> um head down in the dust. Holds the cigar up to his mouth and takes another puff and then harm flops down. Well, Ethan, sounds to me like you want to stay like that. Is that right?
1: Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been presented evidence that God's real?
2: So Charles takes like another sort of deep breath as if he's going to say something and then just blows out a huge plume of <laughs> smoke. Ethan, I don't want to believe. But you're a friend, and I'll stand—I'll stand by you, whatever you come out as.
1: Thank you, Charles. That means a lot to me.
2: And he sort of closes his eyes and um, starts like patting his chest for that empty um, uh, hip flask that's probably lost now. <laughs> and then I guess—is um, it—is it evening?
0: No, this is dawn.
2: Okay, so as the the sudden kind of um flows over the uh, so as the sun rises charles just sort of maybe reaches up and pulls his hat over his eyes and uh, lies there continuing to smoke
0: and and just as charles is getting his first moment of peace in what feels like days the reverend cornfield claps his hands together loudly and right (laughs) um when everyone's ready, we should start the pilgrimage as soon as possible. It does take the best part of a day to walk out there. It may take even longer, given the condition that some of you are in, he says, looking round at the withered limbs of his flock. But, but once we are there, we can call upon Yig. We can ask him for his blessing and see see what he has to offer his faithful. Um, perhaps uh,
3: is there a doctor that could, that could see to them uh, temporarily? Uh, I, I, I do understand that this is uh, best done quickly, as it were, but uh, <clears throat> some medical attention
0: does seem to be in order. Mm, there is a slight problem with that. Uh, Dr. Wren, um, he, I think, was probably with the people who, Sheriff Benson, he says, indicating one of the newly reborn snake people. Uh, He is one of the, one of the people Sheriff Benson tells me has fled off from the town. He, He was, he was not one of our faithful. So, yes i don't think we can call upon him but it doesn't matter if if anyone here needs healing i can try i can try to call upon yig to help them but i i think i really think that when we make it out to the cave that any of us there who call upon him in in supplication any of any of us who need his aid we shall all be healed. Could we,
3: uh. Perhaps just, just because of their condition, could could we use
0: the motorcycle? Uh, he looks around at the couple of dozen <laughs> the newly reborn snake people, uh. And looks back at you. Well, I was more referring to.
3: To, uh. uh, uh Charles and Ethan. They, oh, both I see. Uh, Particular injuries, and Ethan particularly seems totally drained by what he, by this. (laughs) But no. To those who can tell, to those who can read body language very well, there's a flicker of disgust in Bart's (laughs) eye. Yeah. As he says this, Uh, performing this
0: miracle uh, seems to have drained him entirely. The Reverend Cornfield looks pensive for a moment and then just shakes his head sadly and says, no, you have to understand, this is a pilgrimage. It, the the truck across the desert, it's meant to be dangerous. It's meant to be taxing. It, it is meant to carry an element of sacrifice. If you were to take a motorcycle out there, that would just make a mockery
1: of it. I sort of interrupt for a moment. I say but don't, don't worry about me i'm going to i'll be fine i trust the re- the reverend wouldn't allow me to 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 perish out there i, sh- I should be i should be able to muster the strength
3: yeah, bart's very much thinking well maybe that wouldn't be the best uh, the the worst thing ever if he did die <laughs> um <laughs>
4: two birds
1: one stone
3: <laughs> yeah
0: uh very well uh Shall we commence, then? Yes, yes, let us. And, yeah, the Reverend Cornfield goes round and starts gathering his flock. Uh, And he certainly calls upon the help of Spencer because he's going to need as many able-bodied people as he can get to help those whose... particularly whose legs have not perhaps um
5: grown back as strong as they once were i would imagine that um <clears throat> spencer goes and mm. finds uh finds a couple of horses and maybe a covered canvas wagon from the uh <sighs>
0: No, I mean, as you start doing that, I mean, the Reverend Cornfield places a hand on his shoulder. No, they have to, they have to walk out there. We can't, we can't even take the wagon. What, what I need your help to do is those who have trouble walking, just, just help them when they stumble, help them back up to their, their feet, or help, help them get out there however they can. But,
5: but we have to. We have to walk. It is a pilgrimage. Sure, sure. I can, uh, I can lend you a hand.
4: I, I also wish to help. Uh, Jane's quite strong.
0: Good, good. <laughs> oh yeah, the Reverend Confield looks delighted at that. Good, good.
4: Um, what's, like, what strength is Spencer? Because I'm just trying to get it into well, one
1: hundred. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Legend says
5: <laughs> my strength is ninety.
4: Ah, oh, right, mine's seventy. Okay, although that it's a flexing composition or anything, but <laughs> Jane's pretty strong. She's pretty. She
5: is. I'm. Yeah. I'm con- What's your size? Jane could beat Bart up in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> my size is fifty, ah. and my strength is forty. I'm. I'm. I'm a delicate flower. Because I always uh, like imagine you in my head as this quite small kind of person.
4: Uh, no, I'm, I'm oh. 65. Oh. I'm pretty buff. Bigger than, <laughs> bigger than Ethan. There you go. <laughs> uh, Jane's pretty buff. You're yeah. Pretty big. Bigger than, than Charles. Size, so. Maybe she almost kind of feels a bit like, why are you, why are you looking over me? Just some I'm a woman. Jeez. <laughs> 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 it's a bit of a hollow.
5: Oh. Not not, not as small as I thought. Jesus. Yeah.
4: Um.
5: Oh, boy. While we're talking about
0: how tough everyone is, though, let me just. Uh, <laughs> while I remembered, let me just uh, let you know, Karen, that Ethan now has one point of natural armor from his scales.
1: One point of natural armor? Where do I add that? Just make a note of it. What somewhere. does
5: that mean as a. as a sort of. You know, uh, mechanic.
0: It means any time hmm. he takes physical damage, uh, with the exception of his resistance it, to one point. That's right. He just removes; he takes it down by one point.
1: Mm,
0: that's pretty nice. Unless yeah, it's some bad. kind of special attack that ignores armor, but they're quite yeah, rare. Like, uh, like poison,
1: like a bayonet. I yeah. <laughs>
0: actually no, no, even a bayonet. Something like poison what, what, gas what? or
5: drowning, or something like. Ah, that. okay,
0: yeah, 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 or magic.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Resisting the urge to skin her and wear him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I that, that would got, be rude. Cut that out of your system. In our, in, in the last one, <laughs> <laughs> look was at how on. strong I am. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I could skin him alive. <laughs> now wear him like a shoe. <laughs> <laughs>
4: like a whole body shoe. <laughs>
3: Now, Ethan's not not shared about his transformation. with uh, Not Ethan, uh, sorry, Charles hasn't shared with anyone about his transformation yet.
1: No, I keep trying to bring it up, but he's
2: like, nope. No. (laughs) No, No, No. He's got his hand shoved firmly in his pocket. Yeah. But
0: now that things are getting lighter... I as you said, I mean, Charles took a hell of a battering last night when that dynamite went off, and as I said, I mean you had cuts and lesions all over your body. What you can see now in the light, as the light is dawning, is that these wounds a number of them, you can see that there are now what look like fine networks of scales growing out from each one.
1: <laughs> the look on Joe's face. I wish we could have some kind of video here going up for it because he looks disgusted. <laughs> Soon oh
3: dear. I think was the discussion earlier. Soon. Um, mm. Mm. Does, does Bart notice
0: these?
2: Yeah. Charles currently has his hat over his face as he's sleeping. So, you know. <laughs> but
0: but your clothes were torn up. Yeah, they're they're visible on your hands, your arms, the bits of your face that aren't covered, you know, the bit of your chest through. Yeah, where uh, your shirt is opened up. Yeah, it's going to be pretty well impossible unless you start using makeup or something like that to disguise this. Mm. Um.
3: Is this is this like? I'm I'm sort of trying to keep the flow of things here, and I don't want to start <laughs> like a big conversation that might take half an hour if. Well, you know, the, these things are happening in a flash.
0: It's not. It's not. It's not in a flash. As
3: we prepare to head out into, de- as we yeah. prepare to head out into the desert.
0: What, what I suggest is, as long is everyone heading out on the pilgrimage? Is anyone staying back in Bingham? or are you all accompanying the Reverend
5: and his flock out?
1: I wouldn't miss this for the world. <laughs>
5: I think I'm I'm gonna go, but I I am gonna I, I'm not walking myself. I'm not a follower myself, so I'll probably go on a horseback, or something.
1: <laughs> he is a sheriff now. Okay, um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the Can
0: reverend. I mean, the reverend asks you very politely not to take the horse. He's not going to make a big deal out of it, but you know, as he as he mentioned before, this is a pilgrimage, and the walking out of there is an act of faith. But if if you're taking the horse anyway, I'm
5: he, I'm not I'm not a follower, so, well, I politely decline to walk. I, he accepts that. Uh, he looks unhappy about it, but
0: given that you are actively helping the faithful with him, then he's not going to make that big a deal of it. But yes, as the rest of you head out, then uh, he insists that you don't take any food or water with you. That this does involve just walking across. Um, it's, I guess it's, it's sort of desert. A lot of this was farmland until recently, but you know, with the dust bowl, you know, it is a lot of it is now fairly indistinguishable from desert. And as you're heading out, yeah, certainly now the light is is strong enough that the rest of you, even with you know Charles wearing his hat can see that these wounds, these scratches and cuts around him are beginning to scale over and there are scales spreading out from them
1: I'm so happy right now (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, I'm not alone Charles uh, is that presumably a, a, a recent development? and he sort of gestures towards The visible scratches on his arms and hands that are scaling over.
2: So Charles has got his like. Is it we're walking through like a desert? What's it? What's it actually like around? It's
0: yeah, sort of a dusty plain. You're you're walking through initially what was probably farmlands, but thanks to the dust bowl, the crops are dead and everything is just covered with reddish dust, really loose topsoil.
2: So I imagine, like, Charles has pulled up his like handkerchief over his over his face, and so his eyes are visible, and he sort of slowly turns to Bart, and he looks him up and down and goes, yeah, before I came here, I got in a bit of a run-in with the sheriff and his men. I got uh, kind of beaten down. I'm uh, all right, though.
3: Yes, I-, I was more referring to the, uh, uh, scaly, uh, scabs that seem to be forming particularly with reference to uh, what has happened to our compatriot Ethan uh, did something more than just an initiation happen to us
2: I don't know what you're talking about and he like thrust <laughs> both of his hands into his pockets <laughs> as I said I'm fine
4: Jane kind of pipes in at this point because I imagine I'm kind of not far mm-hmm. from behind he's like two or three of you all of you are like
2: this. So when Charles says he's fine, he like pulls his hat down over his head, and he's going <laughs> to walk quicker away from Bart and Jane. <laughs> um,
3: uh, Bart will sort of take, you know, slow down a bit until he's a pay, you know walking abreast with um, Jane. Well, ah, uh, yes. You see, it's it's a part of our association with Cadesius. We were initiated into to an order of secrets and mysteries, uh, obviously. It's not exactly my first initiation into an order of secrets and mysteries, though I did presume that in this particular instance it was uh, perhaps magical, but certainly not transformative. I, 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 I find myself very concerned, though, now. If, if that's the explanation for what's happened to Ethan and I and now it, it uh, does seem to be happening to Charles as well ah uh, yes I'm afraid I'll have to think about this for a while Sorry to leave you more confused than I found you but uh, excuse me and, and Bart will sort of walk off a bit
2: <laughs>
3: a certain distance so and sort is, of <laughs> on own now, thinking like, furiously what?
4: Or is Ethan still there? I don't know. Full full. I imagine stake.
2: he's like yeah. right at the front <laughs> leading the way. Yeah. True. am next, next to Reverend. Yeah, just... yeah. If, if you collapse...
3: see him, Bart's just rubbing his skin and anywhere he can access it. Just sort of lovingly and concerned that, you know, his, his beautiful face and his beautiful hands and his lovely <laughs> mannequin, which is looking a little worse than the way I have to days in the middle of nowhere. Uh...
4: Jane just calls and says, careful, Bart, don't trip on those rocks.
3: Because, <laughs> because Bart's still unscathed completely. Mm. Like there's no, there's no place where this might, might, uh, crop up. Except yet. for his
1: mind. Mm, <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's
3: certainly not going to tempt fate.
4: I mean, Jane is like genuinely torn. Uh, she has been for ages to be fair. She doesn't know what to think of all this. Mm. And it's just trying to kind of soak in as much information as she can. Um, without trying to come to one kind of like heavy judgment either way but she's yeah she's very freaked out by the snake people she did kind of say like i, I can help as well i can help yes yes wanting to get involved but it's also a bit like oh <laughs> um and now like, it, it just seems that everybody around her is somehow affected by this um and she doesn't know what to make of it but she keeps yeah she just keeps thinking back to some of the people she's met in the town and things and how I mean obviously they've seemed a bit strange but also still quite regular folks particularly regular religious folks so she's she's not sure and she's not you know she's uh doesn't she's she's used to feeling like a bit of an outsider I don't know maybe she's got a bit of a, a soft spot for uh, the weird and wonderful
3: what is Jane's motivation for getting involved in all of this you don't know we don't know. We don't know yet. Okay, Whoa.
0: that's fine. Wait. That's fine. <laughs> that's that's fine. Dave, I mean, if you want to have a, you know, go back and continue that conversation with her, I mean, go, go back and ask her. I mean, you know, the, the, this this long walk, this pilgrimage out into the desert is a perfect chance, I'd say, for some character scenes like that.
3: I think, I think yeah. I, I think after Bart sort of spent a few minutes sort of checking his fingernails for any nicks or crannies, just, you know, half- Any possible, like, scrapes or bumps he may have picked up, just worried that this transformation is going to to take him as well. Um, He would go back to James. um, Jane. The reasons why I got involved in all this are fairly, well, self-explanatory. I've always had an interest, uh, a driving passion to know and gather and to grow in, in the mystical arts and it's not been the safest journey uh, I, and I, I have seen things what, what brought brought you here I if, unless you have very good reasons for, for carrying on I, I, I this is sort of a very unusual moment for bach I can almost see him him struggling with an unusual unusually candid expression of his feelings far far detached from his usual sort of banter and just I guess detachment from from what's going on around him
4: and uh, Jane's a little bit taken aback as well by this because obviously they know each other from a very different scene (laughs) well obviously Bart would be in his his element you know so this has been quite strange
3: I, I, I must say unless unless you have very compelling reasons to be here, to be involved in these things. Perhaps you should leave now.
4: I've been wondering that myself. It's... I'm a very persistent person. I am also interested in discovering the truth and gathering knowledge, uh, particularly within sort of the less explored areas of life and existence as we know it. I I decided to start investigating Cadicius. Um as well this this press pass I've been flashing around for everyone it's it's real.
3: I, I certainly hope that your motivations are greater than just a story.
4: It's all I've got.
3: <laughs> well, uh... If...
4: But I suppose on the way, it's just become needing to know. I'm almost scared of it myself. I <laughs> That feeling that we had after listening to that recording, that's never quite left me.
3: Oh, darling. I... That, that That is perhaps while... I admit infuriating for someone of my power to be influenced by such a trivial thing. <laughs> Bart sort of gives us sort of <laughs> a, a flash of sort of infuriated arrogance passes over <laughs> his face. Uh, I, I, to, once you leave the edges of the map like we have now, I, I'm afraid it might be cliche, but there be dragons...
0: <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm just picturing Bart's eyes
0: just flicking over at Ethan for a moment as he says
3: that. <laughs> or snakes. <laughs> and yes, well, let's put it this way: gods are real, and I have yet to meet a friendly one.
4: Well. I could be the journalist who cracks the biggest story that we have ever heard.
1: (laughs) The news here today, God is real and he's a snake.
3: (laughs) Ah. If you could ever get anyone to believe you, perhaps. perhaps. Though I would say if you are to continue on this path with us don't do it to tell others. Because you'll never be believed, trust me. Do it because you need it for yourself. It's the only thing that merits the risk. And at that point, the sort of the cavalier mask sort of slips back into (laughs) face as he grins at the end of that
0: sentence and pulls out a cigar and lights up. Well, as the pilgrimage goes on... I. Are oh, you yeah. those of you who are of a mind to do so are probably going to have to every now and then break off from your conversations or whatever you're doing to help some of the people who Ethan raised because yeah they yeah you, know, you can say uh, the children yeah. of Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Because, yeah, a number of them, you know, do not have quite the fully formed limbs they once had. Uh, You know, some of them are are dragging themselves along. In in some cases, you know, it, it seems almost like their bodies are better designed for crawling across the ground now. But they're still sort of clinging to the idea of trying to walk. And as a result, they're they're sort of staggering through the dust, leaving these great clouds of red dust behind them, Uh, every now and then falling over and needing help to get back up. The sun is getting higher and higher overhead, and the Reverend Cornfield was very insistent that you did not bring any food or water with you. This is beginning. I mean, even though you've only been walking at this stage for a few hours, this is beginning to take its toll on you—the heat and uh, the, yeah, the, the the slow dehydration and just the exhaustion of walking under that heat. What what I would like is for each one of you to make a constitution
2: roll. Oh no! <laughs> I rolled a ninety-two versus my card of seventy. I got a sixty-five and my con is sixty-five. Okay. So you're alright there.
0: Bart got what was it, fifty-six there and what what's Bart's constitution? Fifty-six
3: versus fifty.
0: Okay. And so at the moment we're looking at Charles and um and Bart failing.
5: Uh, I'm not rolling myself because I'm there more of a protective capacity than. A oh fire.
0: well, and also, yeah, that's right. You're also on a horse, so
5: yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've decided that I am going to bring food and water for myself because I think it's kind of silly <laughs> walking <laughs> off into the desert with no food or food or water.
1: Okay, so seventy-nine against sixty—that's a fail.
0: Okay, so, well then, it sounds like three of you failed.
4: Bart
5: is delicate <laughs> he He's a is. delicate he's, little flower He's a very delicate soul
1: But he's power obsessed
4: Gene flexes
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: So Bart loses Three hit points uh, From the, the dehydration And exhaustion I was going to say, I probably got my hip flex
3: gone, but I think even Bart has better sense than to drink alcohol while <laughs> wandering through
0: the desert. Uh, Charles has lost one hit
2: point. Ooh, Charles is looking very that's, worse for that. That's where... big for Charles. <laughs> yeah. He's on two out of 24 hit points.
1: Three. <laughs> Ethan has lost three. So I'm on 10 of 24.
0: And so you're on 10. Right. And so, yeah, you you can see, I mean, the rest of you can see that Bart, Ethan and Charles are all suffering a bit from this. I mean, obviously, it's a bit more difficult to tell with Ethan because, you know, his his facial expressions don't quite work the same way with his, his new skull shape and features. But he certainly, you know, doesn't particularly look well. Uh, Charles... Yeah, Charles is looking particularly woozy at the moment. But, I mean, the Reverend Cornfield, sort of seeing you flagging and seeing some of the parishioners flagging, just... He stops for a moment, just raises his hands and says, I I, I understand that some of you will be feeling weak now. The sun is, is almost directly overhead now, and this will be... This will be a trial... We are not too far off now. It—it It is maybe another hour or... He looks round at the, at the parishioners, some of whom are now just wriggling on their bellies in the dirt. Maybe two hours. And then... Then all will be made well. And with that he turns and starts walking off again like he expects everyone to follow him.
1: I'm just going to continue to crawl or... Try and hold myself together, and just keep on moving.
4: Jane offers to sort of prop up Charles a bit, as she can see he's really struggling.
2: Well, kind of like so you'll basically just shake you off and go. I said I'm all right. All right, what, all right. I'm fine.
0: And and yeah, I mean certainly yeah, as as you're you are and sort of grab hold of him a little bit before he pushes you off you, you, you get a glimpse of his hand as he pushes him away and you, there's there, there's a definite network of, of fine scales now growing all over the skin on the back of it
4: <laughs> Jane just kind of says I don't, says, I mean given the crowd that we're currently in I don't find that particularly shocking and just sort of gestures to all the full-on snake people and to Ethan <laughs> <laughs>
2: So Charles again just pulls his his handkerchief up closer to his mouth, wraps his. I don't know. I don't know what, why, but I imagine that he somehow got a poncho from somewhere. <laughs> 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 but maybe not. But pulls his Pulls his duster around him, and continues to push himself through. Like he's obviously really struggling, sort of uh, limping and stumbling through the dust and the wind.
4: Jane just kind of shakes her head a bit and stays nearby in case he collapses.
2: Okay,
0: then. You, you carry on for a bit. Aren't you? The Reverend Confield walks alongside Ethan for a while, and he looks like he's he's deep in thought for a moment, and then just turns to Ethan. I mean, without slowing down, says, "Does he speak to you?"
1: He 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 doesn't speak to me. Ah,
0: I did wonder. You, you do seem to be particularly blessed by him with With the way your body was healed and reborn, with what you were able to do with with all the those who had fallen i I know that I am particularly blessed by him. He's brought me back from death not once but twice now.
1: Twice, uh, twice. What happened the first time?
0: It will make more sense when we get out to the cave. Well, (laughs) shit. But it seems like he has blessed us in different ways. Do you see yourself as being now in his calling? Do you you see yourself, uh, as I do, as now being his
1: priest? I I don't know if I would go, go as far as to call myself a priest, Rev. But I think I think I cannot deny what I've seen, what I feel, and I I just want to to see this through. I think I I can I can't I cannot deny uh, Yig's power and his place.
0: Wow. Well. Very soon, maybe we'll find out if he has a plan for you.
1: Hopefully it doesn't conflict with Tyrannish's plan, because then Bart and I are going to have words now. A couple of puppets fighting each other.
0: (laughs) Well, as you make your way further on through this wasteland, still kicking up red dust everywhere behind you, Maybe it's the bright sunshine and the, you know, the hours now that you've spent out and there. But Spencer is beginning to feel... I Yeah, and also, I guess you didn't sleep last night. But, you know, you're beginning to ache all over. You've got a hell of a headache building up now. And... This this roiling that's building
5: up in your stomach. He uh, he's just riding along, and he's starting to feel rather unwell.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, at some point you, you sort of um, feel a bit queasy, and you feel this sort of burp of of um, yeah. It's I guess like acid reflux or indigestion. Just this really acid burp coming up, and yeah, you know, as as it, as it sort of erupts out of you, you you wipe your hand across your mouth involuntarily, and you can see this black slime across the back of your hand as you do so.
5: He just like looks at it for a moment before wiping it off on his on his duster. Um doesn't really say anything or does anyone see this?
0: Um, I I, I think it's a a subtle enough thing that no one notices it for the moment.
4: But what about Jane? I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She has a spot hidden of 110. (laughs) She misses nothing. (laughs) So the rumours say.
0: (laughs) But the Reverend says that you are getting close to the cave now. And you can see, certainly, there is a... I mean, the, the landscape's a bit rough round here. There's, um, you know, a number of hillocks that you've passed and stony outcrops. But there is a hill up ahead that you seem to be heading towards. As you're getting closer and closer, Spencer's headache is definitely getting worse. Uh, it is, you know, the the pain... Is now almost literally blinding. You're you're having trouble seeing. You know, the the nausea is overtaking you, and it's it's all you can do just really to stay on the horse.
5: I do that. I just close my eyes and just like you. You know how you you when you try and deal with immense pain within yourself, you just close your eyes mm. and focus on like make like trying to get that pain to go away or trying to focus on on that just handling the pain mm. and I imagine that's that's how Spencer is is at the moment
0: okay then yeah I think this is Jane's chance uh, so can you give me a spot hidden role for Jane please <laughs> uh,
4: 31
0: under 80 okay so yeah a hard success that's fine so yeah you've Perhaps glanced over a few times at Spencer because his body language has been changing the closer you get. I mean he's he was riding fairly high, but maybe it is just all the time under the sun. he's been slumping more and more forwards but you you you're walking alongside and as you glance over this time, you see that there's you thought yeah you know, perhaps initially tears or even blood trickling down his face from his eye but it, it's not that in in the bright light you can see that there's something black and viscous and tarry that's just running down his, his face like tears
4: Jane's very alarmed um, she rushes over to him as quickly as possible just to kind of try to rouse him and like, Spencer, Spencer
5: yeah, well, well you're um, uh, is, is everything okay yeah I'm fine mm. and, and he, he just he just you know does that whole bravado like <laughs> I'm fine nothing wrong with me carries on through like soldiers through yeah it.
0: I mean as he's saying this I mean you can see you know when his lips open there are uh, you know like his his mouth is full of something gummy there are little black strands of this stuff uh, like gum just pulling apart between his lips
4: oof yeah uh, jane is kind of she else like have you been initiated as well is this some more sort of yig stuff
5: every uh, every word she utters is like a <laughs> clattering of gongs <laughs> in my <their> head <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm just like ah, i'm fine i'm fine i don't know what you're talking about like like trying to just um just trying to brush off the whole thing and, and act as normally as I can. Yeah, I mean,
0: at this stage, I mean, you're, you're having to fight just to stay on the horse. You're, you're half sliding off and just from the pain, you you know that you're going to have to get off soon. Otherwise, you're just going to fall off.
4: Yeah, Jane's kind of like, I, I think you should, I, I think you should just mount. Uh, this isn't
5: good. I, I halt the horse and 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 just sit there for a moment and just uh, squint ever so slightly in into like the bright sun.
0: Yeah, and oh, you, you can feel yeah now, now that you're, you're off the horse and not moving. Yeah, you can feel you know just this sticky fluid on your face. It feels maybe like blood.
4: Jane just kind of offers you a, a handkerchief or tries to kind of maybe pat something away, I don't... Yeah, she, she, she doesn't know what to do in this situation. She's never seen someone, like, sliming from the face before.
5: I take the handkerchief and I kind of, like, wet it, like, like just, just wet the top with my water flask and just use it to, like, dab, dab my face and, okay. and like wash my face with it. Yeah, you can get the this
0: black gunk off your fi- off your eyes and the rivulets that have run down. And as as you take your your handkerchief away, yeah, you you've seen this this black slime before, haven't you? You you have you, definitely seen this before, and as you're looking at the handkerchief, it the the black slime that you've you scooped up in there. Begins to wriggle and rise. And is that a good place to leave this episode?
2: I think so. Fantastic. Wow, that wasn't the, the direction I was expecting this to take at all. That's incredible. Uh, again, if anyone hasn't listened to Spencer's side quest story, you definitely need to do it before you listen to the one of our next episode. I was going to uh,
1: say, I like, I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I'm fine. I'm fine.
5: <laughs> Just don't worry about it.
2: Well, thank you all for playing and thank you everyone at home for listening. Uh, If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at HWR Podcast. Uh, You can find me on our podcast Discord page. There's a link to that in the show notes. We have a podcast Facebook page, a Reddit page, and you can contact the show directly at podcast at gmail.com. Curran, thank you again for playing. Uh, How can people get in touch with you?
1: Thanks, Joe. It's been been a blast. If anyone wants to get in contact with me, they can find me on Twitter um, at Curran's underscore lines. That's K-U-R-A-N-S underscore l i n e s um or the same handle if you want to check out my artwork for instagram um or you can find me on the how we roll discord where yeah i'm always hanging out
2: (laughs) (laughs) nice uh next up dave thank you again for playing Uh, how can people get in touch you can find me exclusively on our discord
3: uh (laughs) i do hang out try to check it every day just uh at dave Dave, what is what is my handle? At David How we Roll It's just it's I think it's just at Dave. Dave, yeah. Dave and uh at Dave, yeah. yeah I'll reply sometime in the next twenty four hours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh Aaron, thank
5: you again for playing. How can people find you? Uh pretty much on the same channels, Joe. Um just go ahead and find me on the Discord. Um I'm sure you all know what that is by now and uh i will i will see you on there and you know go ahead drop me a line say something it's fun to talk back to people
2: sometimes (laughs) it is nice and uh camille thank you again for playing how can people find more of your stuff
4: hello thank you very much um i'm also on the how we roll discord (laughs) um at camille b so if you do want to ask me any questions or say hi feel free um i'm pretty crap at answering but i will eventually (laughs) and i'm also on twitter at camille Brouard. um i mostly am tweeting about local Guernsey politics at the moment so if you want some hot takes uh, feel free to follow me there <laughs>
2: nice and uh, last up my name is lee thank you again scott for playing uh, where can people find more of your stuff
0: well thank you very much joe yeah well if people want to talk to me again they can find me on the how we roll discord uh alternatively take a look for me at blasphemous tomes.com which is the website of the Good Friends of Jackson Elias, which has got links to all the podcast episodes that I've done with Paul Fricker and Matt Sanderson about Call of Cthulhu, weird fiction, uh, horror films, other good stuff, and links there to other social media presences.
2: And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon with more Call of Cthulhu and more Dungeons & Dragons. If you can't wait that long, uh, the next episodes and more have already been uploaded to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Podcast. For $5 a month, you get early access to all our shows and you also get some secret bonus content, including Patreon-only recordings, such as our playthroughs of Space Between with uh, Scott Dawood as Keeper and Cult Divinity Lost with Craig from Red Noon Roleplay as GM. Uh, absolutely fantastic patreon is also the best way of supporting the show and without your support we actually can't continue to release every week so thank you to all of our patrons thank you so much and we want to say a huge thank you to our newest patrons Nicholas Dreher, Thomas Funk Romulan Rina and Josh Richter thank you, we also want to say a big thank you to BattleBards who supplied many of the sound effects and music you've heard in today's episode uh, so please do check out battlebards.com and give them a look um, that is all from us, we'll be back very soon as I said with more Call of Cthulhu and more Dungeons Dragons so just check it out, see you soon, bye